Oh, thank you, Jesus. Uh, we are beginning a new series this morning called Rest. We like to keep our titles of our series very simple around here. Uh, rest is our subject for the next three weeks, and um, I'm excited for this. I'm excited for the timing. I'm excited for what the Lord is going to teach us and show us through this, and hopefully we can really be honest with ourselves in these next three weeks, really take a look in the mirror and, um, and ask ourselves the true question, are we resting truly in the Lord? Um, our theme for the next three week, weeks, the verses that we're going to really base all of this on, so you're going to be hearing this, is Matthew chapter 11, starting in verse 28. It says, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Mm, indeed. Rest is what Jesus promises in these three verses. Rest. And he says it twice. And listen, you don't have to answer, uh, raise your hand on any of this uh, in, in this moment right here. But I want to ask you, if there's anyone in here this morning that feels weary, that feels heavy burdened? I think I got one yes. Are we weary? Okay, are we tired? Do we feel a burden? And if so, what are we doing about it? I do think it's very interesting and significant, the timing of this series. I wish I could say that I planned this, and this is just God's grace on this place um, that we're discussing this right now. Uh, it was supposed to be done weeks ago, uh, but God just kept extending our worship series another week and another week and another week. And here we are, the first Sunday in November, with the holidays looming and even maybe beginning for many of us. I won't ask who's already playing Christmas carols in their house, but I know some of you are. Um, <laughs> praise God, you know, that's cool. Um, but they're, they're coming, right? And listen, as much as we try, Jesse and I have this conversation every year, probably in like September-ish. Like we are not going to be busy around the holidays. We're going to do everything we can in our power to just relax during the holidays. Does it ever happen? No, it doesn't. It doesn't ever happen. Somehow, some way, the calendar just keeps filling up. Does anybody can relate to that? Does your calendar already feel like we've already run out of space? It's November 6th. Is it November 6th? <laughs> I think, right? I don't even know. Um, I know it's November, but it, it, just, it just comes on us. And all of a sudden, this time that's supposed to be with family and friends and joyous and fun becomes stressful and a lot to bear. And the things that were supposed to be fun become burdens and and, and so the significance of talking about this now, we're talking about rest going into this, is to say this, rest is not a seasonal thing. Because I think a lot of times we approach rest when rest is convenient, right? Oh, I'm going to rest, I'm going to relax on the weekend, right? Or I'm going to, I can't wait to go on vacation so then I can rest. Or I can't, you know, wait for the summer or for this to get over, whatever the case may be. If I can just get over this hump or pass this thing, then I'll rest. But that is not scripture, that is not what God tells us to do. He wants us to always be in a place of resting in him all the time. It is not seasonal. I love what Jesus says here in, in these words to his people. It's not just, you know, come and I will give you rest. But if you come to me, I will teach you. And I believe what he's saying in this verse is that I will teach you how to rest. 
Because I'll be honest with you, I don't think many of us know how to rest. We might even want to really, really bad. But when push comes to shove and we try, we fail. You might even leave here one Sunday and come back the next. And you, when you leave here one Sunday, you say, I'm going to do better. I'm going to spend more time with God. I'm going to read the Bible more. I'm going to do this and that. And then seven days go by and you're back here saying the exact same thing. Try as we might, we can't sit still and rest. Jesus has come to me. I'll give you rest and I will teach you. And I believe the reason that we can is because the world has done an amazing job at teaching us how not to rest. And we don't even know it. It's just the culture of the world that we live in. Don't rest. Are you kidding me? Rest? Stop? That's weak. You got to go. You got to move. You got to work. You got to go, 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 do, 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 or the world is going to pass you by and you're going to be left here with nothing. So you better move. You better go. That's not the Lord. Listen, God, y'all, God worked for six days and then rested on the seventh, all right? Like God did that. If God rests, we can rest no matter what the world says. Don't let the world try and tell you you're a loser or not enough or, or you're going to miss out. You're going to miss out if you rest. It's quite the opposite. And the main point for this morning, what I want us to understand as we leave here today, is that rest is a gift. Rest is a gift. Notice in Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30, Jesus doesn't say, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you strength, or I will give you a new resolve, or I will give you all the tools that you need to just keep pushing and keep going. He doesn't say that. He says, I will give you rest. Are you weary? Are you heavy burdened? I have a gift for you. It's rest. Matthew 7 tells us that God is a God who gives good gifts. So if Jesus gives us rest, it is a good thing. It is a good thing. It is not, listen y'all, rest is not a bad thing. It is not a bad thing. But we look at it all the time like it is bad. Like, oh, I'm resting. Oh, oh I feel guilty. I feel bad because I'm resting. We, we beat ourselves up. When Jesus, one of, the, one of the most known verses in the Bible, and especially in the New Testament, says, do this. Isn't that interesting? That when we're weary and heavy burdened, the gift that he wants to give us is one of the things that we resist the most. Because we think less of ourselves. Hmm, wonder why that is. We're going to look in Exodus chapter 33 this morning, but before we do that, I want to, t I want to talk about the context of what we're going to read. In, in Exodus chapter 32, G uh, Moses is coming down from the mountain, right? He's had time with God, this holy moment. And he, you got to think, Moses is jacked, right? Like, I just had time with God. I got these tablets. We're going somewhere, you know? And he comes down this mountain to find the Israelites, while he's gone, have made a golden calf, and they're worshiping this false idol. I mean, come on. Let's put ourselves in, in, in Moses' uh, sandals for a moment, right? Sorry. Like, <laughs> I love when people do that. Like, we get it. They don't have Air Jordans. Um, but... He's coming down this mountain. He's had this amazing time with God. And then he finds the people that he's been leading, worshiping a false idol. 
He's frustrated, tired. He's angry. We know that because he breaks the tablets when he sees it. In short, Moses is weary and he is heavy burdened when he comes down this mountain and finds the Israelites in this place. And we pick up in Exodus chapter 33, verse 1, and it says this. The Lord said to Moses, Get going, you and the people you brought up from the land of Egypt. Go up to the land I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I told them I will give this land to your descendants, and I will send an angel before you to drive out the Canaanites, Amorites, Hittites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. Go up to this land that flows with milk and honey, but I will not travel among you, for you are a stubborn and rebellious people. If I did, I would surely destroy you along the way. Yeah, how do you think God's feeling about all that they did in Exodus 32? But listen, God is saying this in his mercy. He's saying, look, y'all messed up. And so I'm not going to go with you because if I do, my judgment's going to come on you hard. And so in my mercy, I'm not going to go with you. I'm going to send an angel instead. It says in verse 4, When the people heard these stern words, they went into mourning and stopped wearing their jewelry and fine clothes. For the Lord had told Moses to tell them, You are a stubborn and rebellious people. If I were to travel with you, even for a moment, I would destroy you. Remove your jewelry and fine clothes while I decide what to do with you. So from the time, yeah, yeah. So from the time they left Mount Sinai, the Israelites wore no more jewelry or fine clothes. Now, we can beat up on the Israelites all we want. But I actually believe when I read this, they have a proper response to what God is saying. It says that they went into mourning. They went into mourning when they heard that God wasn't going with them. Now, the, the opposite reaction could have been, okay, so I know he's mad, but we're still going into the promised land? We, we still get the milk and honey. Angels are cool. Like, angel can go with me as long as I can get out of this wilderness and get into that land flowing with milk and honey. It's kind of like, hey, we got away with it. All right? It's okay. He didn't, he's not going to destroy us. He's not coming with... That could have been their reaction, right? And I think there's a lot of times where that's how we react. Right? Oh, whew. Dodge that bullet. He's not going to punish me. And we miss what he's really saying here. He's really saying, I'm not going with you. And so they're in mourning because they want God's presence with them. See, a lot of times we don't find rest because we're after the land flowing with milk and honey more than we are that who, who promised it to us. We want the thing instead of him. We are after our own promised land in our life, and if I can just get that, then I will rest. If I can just achieve this, if I can just gain this, if I can just get to that place, oh, it'll be great. Anyone that sound familiar to anyone in here? No, okay, me and the guy in the back. Thank you, Jesus. All right, two of us. Man, we can, let's just dismiss. Y'all got it. You're good. No, all the time. If I can just fill in the blank, then I'll be happy. Then I'll be at peace, right? Then I'll feel good. And we forget about the promise keeper. And all we're thinking about is the promise. And we think that is the thing that is going to give us rest. And it's not. And the Israelites were mourning over this fact. And then Moses goes on to say in verse 7, it was Moses' practice, I'm, I'm, I'm setting something up here, so just read along with me. It was Moses' practice to take the tent of meeting and set it up some distance from the camp. Everyone who wanted to make a request of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. So there's a tent of meeting and it is outside the camp. 
Verse 8, whenever Moses went out to the tent of meeting, all the people would get up and stand in the entrances of their own tents. They would all watch Moses until he disappeared inside. As he went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and hover at its entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. When the people saw the cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, they would stand and bow down in front of their own tents. Inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one who speaks to a friend. Afterward, Moses would return to the camp, but the young man who assisted him, Joshua, son of Nun, would remain behind in the tent of meeting. One day Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, take these people up to the promised land, but you haven't told me whom you will send with me. You have told me, I know you by name and I look favorably on you. If it is true that you look favorably on me, let me know your ways so, my, so I may understand you more fully and continue to enjoy your favor. And remember that this nation is your very own people. Verse 14, the Lord replied, I will personally go with you, Moses. Check this out, y'all. And I will give you rest. Everything will be fine for you. Then Moses said, if you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. How will anyone know that you look favorably on me, on me and your people, if you don't go with us? For your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all other people on the earth. The Lord replied to Moses, I will indeed do what you have asked, for I look favorably on you, and I know you by name. So listen, this is what Moses is saying in short. If you ain't going, we ain't going. You're telling us to go to the promised land, right? The thing that we have literally been wandering, wandering around in the wilderness for years to get to, and now here you are telling us to go, but if you don't go with us, we ain't going. Because we need you. I would rather stay in this place, this mobile tent area with the tent of meeting out there than go to the promised land without you. We're not going unless you go with us, Lord. Because Moses knew that it was in God's presence where there is rest, where there is fullness of joy, where there is all of those things. It's not about the destination. It's about who's taking us there. Listen, y'all, rest is not about the absence of trials and tribulations in our life. The Bible is very clear that we're going to have those in life. We're going to have trouble. We're going to have sorrow. Rest is understanding that God is with us in all of it. And so Moses says, we're not doing it. We're not going. God's response to Moses is, I'm going to go with you and I will give you rest. And then he says this, says, everything's going to be fine with you. In other words, I got you. I got you. I know that you're tired. I know that you're weary. I know that you're heavy burdened. And I know that these people are driving you crazy, building these idols while we're hanging out on the mountain. I'm going to go with you. And you're going to have peace. And it's going to be good. I was talking to... Uh, I was talking to Cindy Hartzell the other day. She was in our office and just chatting. And I don't even know how we got on the subject. She said, like, you know, when you finally discover, when you finally discover that truth that resonates in your heart, that Jesus loves you, that God truly loves you as his son and as his daughter, like nothing else matters. If you can just get to that place of living in God's love, nothing else matters. And what that really means is that we can have rest. The world can be spinning around us. We can say, you know what? I'm loved by the God of heaven and of earth. What else do I need? And when we, when we go back and look at those verses as in Exodus uh, 33, 
in 7 through 11 where it's talking about how Moses would go out of the camp into the, the tent of meeting, which was outside the camp, and the people would come out, and they'd stand at their doorway of their tent, and the cloud would come down and kind of separate the tent of meeting from the people, and they would bow. It, it was, it's very, like, structured, right? Like, there's this process. Moses is going. Everyone comes out like, ooh, there goes Moses, but they have to stay near their tent. Moses is allowed to go in and talk to God, and everyone else bows where they're at. It's so different than what we opened with in Matthew 11, where Jesus doesn't say, all right, one person can come to me. Everyone else just needs to watch. There's going to be this cloud that comes down. And, the, and the, where I meet is going to be way outside in the tent of meeting, outside the camp, because I have to be separate from you. It's not what Jesus says. He says, come to me all, all of you who are weary and heavy burdened. And that's the difference that Jesus makes. He changed it all. There's no more formal this or that. It's like, look, are you, it doesn't matter what you did yesterday. It doesn't matter what you did the day before. Are you weary? Are you frustrated? Do you feel alone? Come to me. You have the invitation. You, you. Not watch Moses do it and stand outside your tent, but you come to me and I will give you rest. I will give you this gift. But here's the thing. It doesn't say, I will come to you and give you rest. He's giving us the invitation, but we have to go to the Lord and receive it, right? We have to unwrap that present. We have to be the ones that go to him. He's saying, I'm here. I got all the rest in the world for you. If you just, if you just learn from me, if you just come to me, and it's not about who's qualified, it's not about this or that. It's about, will you come? Will you come to me? And I think my favorite, my favorite part of this passage that we read in Exodus 30 is when Moses tells God, for your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all other people on the earth. Listen, we are so blessed with the gift of rest that God gives us that it literally sets us apart from the rest of the world. But sadly, we say, no, no thanks. I don't have time to rest. I got to keep moving. I have to keep proving my faith to you, Jesus. I have to keep doing this and this so I can keep up with so-and-so. And then I'll rest. Listen, that's a, that's a dangerous mentality. Say, I'll do it after this. Have you ever noticed when you try that, there's always something else waiting? Listen, the world doesn't stop, y'all. The world doesn't stop. We have to choose to rest. And when we do, we will look different than the rest of the world. And we should look different. We should look different. It should be the thing that sets us apart from the world. So that when people look at us and our world is spinning, they're saying, how in the world are you managing right now? Well, because I'm resting in the love of my father. Because I took Jesus on his word and when I, when I start to freak out or stress out or walk in fear or anything like that, I go to him and he gives me rest. And I'm allowed to lay my troubles at his feet and know that I leave him in the care of a good, good father. But listen, if we keep carrying those things around, we're not going to look any different than the rest of the world. And listen, I, I don't say this to be judgmental. I, I, I say this... 
with, with the full understanding, but nothing by, by the grace of God. Am I standing here knowing Jesus? All right. But listen, I don't want to look like the rest of the world because the rest of the world is dumb. It's dumb because that's what a life without Jesus ends up being. I don't want to look like that. I want to receive the gifts that Jesus promises us. I want to receive the rest that he promises us and is so willing to give us. And it's found in his presence. Come to me. I will go with you, Moses. Come to me in my presence and you will receive rest. Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close behind me, beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Psalm 23. It's all about the presence of God. You lead me. You allow me to rest. In the dark valleys, you're with me. My enemies surround me. Let's eat. My cup overflows with rest, no matter the situation or season, season because you are with me. Your presence in my life gives me rest. Listen, there is a reason why we feel different on Sunday mornings when we leave here than when we came in. And it's not because of me. It's not because of our worship team. It's because of the presence of God in this place allows us to rest in this time. But listen, y'all, let me tell you something. It's available the other six days of the week. Don't be dependent on Sunday mornings. Say, okay, I'm filled up. Now I'm just going to gruel it out the next six days until I get back to Sunday mornings. God's going, listen, this gift is every single day of the week. Rest in me so that you can say, yeah, I'm surrounded by enemies. I'm walking through a dark valley, but you're with me and I can rest in it because your presence is here with me. If we can begin to say, God, I'm not going a step further without you. I don't care how awesome that promised land is. I don't care what that milk and honey tastes like. If you're not there, I don't want it. Because now I'm making these things God in my life and not you. And nothing is you except you. Nothing is you except you. So I'm not going any further unless you go with me. I need you, Lord. If that can be our prayer and that can be what we do in our lives, you will have rest. You will have peace. God will say, I got you. And all of a sudden, all those enemies that surrounding you, you're going to be able to eat in the presence of your enemies. Hallelujah. We're going to have the band come back up. But I want to ask this question, because I could, I could talk about this, you know, whatever. But I want to go back to Matthew 11, where Jesus says, you know, I will teach you. Let me teach you. What does this look like for us? Like when you leave here today, what does rest look like for you? And I have some homework for you, all right? And maybe you're doing this, thank you, Jesus, maybe not, but 
I want to read Mark chapter 1, starting in verse 35. It says, Before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. Later, Simon and the others went out to find him. When they found him, they said, Everyone is looking for you. It was like, listen, the, the business of the day was coming to Jesus. Right? The world waits for us. The things that we have to do in the day are there. So what does Jesus do? How can we learn from him? He got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. So your homework for this week is to find an isolated place to pray. To get up in the morning, maybe earlier than you're used to. If you are a night owl, okay, you can stay up later. I'll work with you a little bit here. But we need to give God our time. Say, Lord, fill me up. I know the day is waiting. I know there's a lot of stuff that I need to accomplish today. But I don't want to do any of it without you. I don't want to try any of it without you. And I want to say this as well. This is the second part of the homework. Find your isolated place to pray. And then do this. Be honest with God in those moments. If you are weary and heavy burdened, tell him. If he's saying, go, go into the promised land, I'm going to send an angel, and you want God, say, God, I don't want to go without you. I don't want to go without you. God, I'm feeling alone. I'm trying to rest, but, but it's not working. I really want to rest, God. Show me. Show me how I can rest all the days of the week, throughout the day. Teach me what that looks like. But let's give him our time. If we want to be in God's presence, we have to be present too. We have to be in it. We have to be honest. But God's design for us, y'all, as his sons and daughters, was not to be in a constant state of worry and fear and anxiety. It's like you're a parent and your little kid, like your little kid, says, well, how are we going to pay the bills this month? Like, that's not for you to worry about. That's, that's my job. It's the same with the Lord with us. We go, how are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? God's going, that's not for you. I'm your father. Just rest in the fact that I know what I'm doing. We need to tell him those things. And I'm telling y'all, he desires for us to tell him those things. He wants us to be honest with him and open with him. Maybe telling him things that we have not told anyone else in our lives. Maybe not even your spouse. Do you have a long commute to work? Use that time. Turn off the radio. Turn off the podcast you're listening to. And go to Jesus. Do you like going for walks on the beach? Use that time. Whatever it might be for you. But find that isolated place to be alone with the Lord so that you can rest and let your prayer be, God, as I enter into this day, I don't want to do a thing without you. Holy Spirit, fill me up. Fill me up so that I can walk in your grace and in your mercy. Listen, y'all, 
It's not about the promised land. It's not about achieving this, that, or the other. The only place that we can find rest is in Jesus because he's the one who gives it. He's the one who invented it. You realize that? God invented rest. And that's where we find it. And nothing or no one else. So we're going to spend some time this morning in worship. And just, I pray that, that we'll be able to rest in this moment as well. So why don't we stand to our feet? Let me pray. Lord, we love you. And we thank you that it's not the calendar that dictates rest in our lives. It's not any season or situation, any circumstance. We're having a good day or a bad day. Well, I'll rest on the good day and, well, not so much on the bad day. God, that you call us to rest all the time in you, to be in your presence all the time, Lord. And I, and I, I do ask God, and, and I include myself in this fully and completely, that you would teach us how to rest, that you would provide each one of us with that isolated place to pray. God, that we would learn over and over again to lay those burdens down at your feet and that our heart's cry would be, if you're not going with me, I don't want to go. Even if where I'm going is the land flowing with milk and honey, even if it's the promised land, the place that we've been striving for for years and years and years, we don't want to go without you, Father. And God, I just pray that over us individually, but I also pray for that as our church, as Beaches Chapel, that whatever we do, whatever you're calling us to, God, our heart's cry is that we don't want to do it without you. We want your presence more than anything else. So we can experience the rest that many of us, I believe in here, have been longing for, desperately longing for. And for those that are weary and heavy burdened this morning, those that are struggling, God, I pray, Jesus, that you would give them rest. Yes, Father, I pray right now in Jesus' name that you would be the God who gives rest to those that desperately need it right now. And that they would release that burden of having to do it themselves, releasing that burden of comparison. Well, they have that, so I need to work harder to get that too, Lord, that you would just break that in Jesus' name. That they would be free to rest in you and know as we do that, you take care of us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your presence, Lord. Thank you for your presence that is so sweet and so good.